The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to Career Day on the Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to learn about the skills accumulated and lessons learned from a great SEO throughout the various stops on his career. Joining us for Career Day is the owner of a quickly expanding search consultancy. Garrett Merguth is the CEO at Directive, which is a B2B and enterprise search marketing agency that companies trust to scale their business. Directive supports customers with SEO, PPC, content marketing, and social media driven by powerful analytics and a dedicated team of specialists. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Okay. Here is our interview with Garrett Merguth, the CEO of Directive. Garrett, welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Ben. Glad to be here and uh, excited to chat with you and your audience. I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show. And I have to start off by saying, what on earth are you doing here? You had a baby less than two days ago, your first child, and you were joining us to be on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I've got a great team here. And uh, this is like my only thing today. So hop on for a little bit of time with you and your audience and then back to uh, taking care of the baby. So it's a crazy balance of trying to be 100% on the family and 100% on the company. But uh, I'm enjoying the process. And last night after bringing the baby home, went to Ikea, built out a full home office. I got the new noise canceling headphones so I can work right next to the baby and take care of her. But uh, I hadn't had a chance to try the headphones out. Yeah, I guess they have a noise canceling mic too, which I just 
hadn't had a chance to try. Like literally, I bought it, and rushed here, and hopped on here, and I'm gonna rush home right after. So so glad to be here. Well, I'm, I'm. Let me be the the first one from hopefully the the SEO community, definitely on behalf of Search Metrics, to say congratulations. And there is no amount of noise cancellation a pair of headphones can bring you to prepare you for what's going to happen <laughs> in the next months and yep. years of your life. But uh, very exciting times for the Merguth family. And we're excited to have you here on the show. Let's talk a little bit about your professional background outside of being a obvious workaholic and uh, you know new parent. Tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, SEO and, and about your background. How did how'd you get into search? Yeah, so search, the way I kind of got into it was I was trying to figure out marketing in general. I I wanted to kind of get into management consulting. So I did my master's when I was about 21 years old and was trying to get into management consulting. The university I graduated from didn't really give me that as an option, just with the way it works. Um, in the sense that I was trying to go to Boston Bain, Deloitte, McKinsey, and you can't go from Azusa Pacific University directly into those places even on an internship program because your university isn't in their pick list. They don't tell you about that on orientation day. When um, you're trying to choose a university, they don't tell you that the university you select is going to greatly affect your ability to get A-level internships or job opportunities in a real way. So I had no idea. But when I didn't get into Boston, Bain, McKinsey, or Deloitte and kind of had to apply as other from their online kind of hiring portal... I got the auto reply that says, you know, we're no longer interested or not accepting right now. I decided, you know what, I'll start my own agency and one day they'll have to acquire me. Um, no clue what I was going to do. No real hard skills. But I kind of had this belief that perception is reality. And so, you know, when I was playing soccer and club and all that growing up, I would train kids. People knew I was a good player. I was on the top team in the country. I figured, okay, I can leverage that. Bob at the local store so that everybody who came in to buy shoes could also be a customer. I'd ride my bike and hand out flyers at all the fields. And I started eventually, you know, I had 15 or so kids that I was training. So I learned from that, that essentially, if you have a skill, ask yourself how you can leverage it. And if you don't have a skill, figure out a skill that other people would at least pay you for based on your reality, aka your age. And so I figured, okay, older men and women who have money and have companies, they don't understand the internet. And I'm okay at it. Not great myself, if I'm being honest. Like I didn't even get Instagram to like a junior in college. So I figured, heck, I could probably figure it out. So I just went on Moz, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal. And I read everything that they had written like for hours and hours. And I just had a little motto called learn, engage, create. So if I could learn something new every day, engage with it, then I could create more value for myself and our customers. And so I just read probably every post that they had written for the previous four years on every one of the major blogs in the industry. And next thing you know, started feeling a little more comfortable on it. And it's just was mostly just learning, practicing kind of on my own like side stuff where I could. But then I started selling social media calendars and databases on Fiverr. So that was kind of where my first search engine was actually the Fiverr engine. And I figured out how to kind of get on Fiverr's homepage with the title tags of my gigs and the videos and my descriptions and my tags. And when I did all that, I was like, this is really powerful. I wonder if I could figure out other search engines. That kind of got me excited. And I liked the process of like learning how algorithms and systems and just anything kind of works. And, and yeah, that was kind of my start. So you walked out of college thinking that you were going to go be a, a management consultant and found that you were having difficulty because the profile of the college that you went to and you decided to be a self-starter 
and go the the school of hard knocks MBA and do the real work and the hard work of learning SEO yourself. You mentioned that, you know, the Fiverr search engine was the first one that you mastered. Talk to me about what roles you had coming out of college and how are you able to get how were you able to to pay your bills as you were starting a consulting practice? Yeah, I mean, so during college, I was a leader of the soccer team, senior, doing all that. So I was pretty involved there. I did my degree in three years. So I did my degree in economics in three years. And then I did my master's my fourth year. So I was always pretty busy at school, but I also had about... I was working at the Chamber of Commerce for the city. I was working custodial in the summer. So I'd clean bathrooms from like what was it, five to two or six to two each day. I forget the day the times. And then I would work in events. So like after chapel or after sporting events, I would tear down or put up. So I was always pretty busy. Usually I had two or three jobs. I kept soccer team, you know, doing school, all that stuff. And then after school, I had my graduation party. And if anyone's younger out there, what you do is you just find all your most successful family friends. And even if you really know them or not, you invite them to your graduation party. And then I just kind of try to talk to them and figure out if I could get an internship with them. So got an internship with a couple of them. So I was doing two internships while I was finishing up my master's program and I was doing Fiverr. So I had like two independent contractor gigs in Fiverr. And that was what helped me pay the bills. You know, I was living on like 12, 13 bucks a day. So if you stay pretty humble, you can do that. And then I just had a little moped. And that's when I started kind of handing out flyers. So I had a 1973 Peugeot. And yeah, started handing out flyers for this business I found on GoDaddy for directive consulting. Had a little GoDaddy one-page site pretty horrible. And eventually got a Persian restaurant that I liked. He uh, he wanted me to help him. It wasn't even search at the time. It was just like marketing consulting. So I was helping him get Facebook, Yelp, flyers handed out, just like really, really basic stuff. So yeah, I've worked with him for about 30 days. Came to get my check. He said, come back tomorrow. And a uh, whole place was boarded up. So that's the very first ever contract in the history of Directive. I got the grease stains. It's in my office still. And um, yeah... That was the whole place was boarded up. So from there, I kind of learned to pre-bill and all sorts of other lessons. But yeah, that's kind of the start. So you really had a you know grounds up way of building a consulting business where you're piecing together multiple different jobs, everything from custodial handing out flyers, and eventually you're starting with some you know relatively small clients, you know a restaurant that happened to have folded before they would actually pay you. Sounds like at a minimum, a, a grassroots way of uh, approaching marketing. And uh, you oh, know, yeah. your, your consultancy has grown to be a relatively large team. Uh, and you know, you've been successful in, in growing a independent consulting business. Talk to me a little bit about how you've grown and matured your business. Yeah. I mean, I never had any intention of being anything other than where I'm headed. And I'm not there yet. And so you know, from the moment I started it, I brought my best friend. He was going to go to law school. He was my best friend from freshman year high school, roommates all through college. I told him not to go to law school, join me. He became my business partner. And I taught him everything I had learned from reading all those articles. And, you know, I had that one side. And then eventually the first SEO client was a hookah shop, got them to rank number one. You know, I think he paid me 200 bucks a month. My best friend's dad, he, his dad was a plumber. My dad was a um, cabinet guy. So both pretty blue collar. His dad, you know, became our second client got him to rank number one. So I kind of just wanted to treat every client like a case study and just work really hard and show how passionate I was and just make the right decision. You know, take the high road till you run out of air. And that was it, if I'm being honest. Like I never had any other intention of being the biggest. And I always invested a ton in our own marketing and sales, a ton of money and effort and time. 
into that growth. That's why I'm doing this podcast today, obviously, and to get our brand out there and talk to your audience and hopefully inspire or you know help some other young man or woman who's trying to get started. But yeah, for me, it wasn't anything other than hard work. And then you know I had the vision of being the biggest search agency in the world. And you know we're on our way. I think we're getting there, especially in the B2B space that we're in right now. I think we might already be pretty close. And on the enterprise side, definitely, you know, have some strides to make still some large, large players that have been in the market for, you know, 10 plus more years than us. But, you know, we're, we're doing just fine. So talk to me about some of the projects that you've taken on and how have you grown so quickly? Yeah, I mean, we, well, I like to say we, we eat our own caviar. So if you search SEO agency, I think we're number one or number two. You know, we spend probably anywhere between $60,000 a month on sales and marketing pretty easily. Which is a ton if you know you're familiar with consulting firms. Most of them rely on referrals and references. But when you know you're a kid and you're getting started, you don't. Like if I started now, I could grow this firm much differently due to my portfolio, brand, and experience. But when you're first getting started, you know you only know pretty much the smallest accounts possible on the market, and those ones you have. And what you start to learn is the networking effects of small accounts. Is small accounts no small accounts, medium accounts no medium accounts, and big accounts no big accounts. And if you're relying on referrals and stuff, you'll end up with a very high volume, okay agency. And so for me, I always just wanted to be the best. And th- and I don't mean anything against those high volume search firms. When I say high volume, I mean you know having hundreds or thousands of accounts. But what I learned is, yes, you can deliver a world-class service for the price, but you can't deliver a truly world-class service based on all options available and have that many accounts. This is not really a reality. In professional services, you have to be okay with volume and high churn or few accounts and high quality. And so I decided, you know, I want fewer accounts and higher quality. Like we got to, I think, you know, we've had a couple of pretty blue chip insurance companies for about three years. I think I got one of them when I was about 23, 24 years old. And we've kept them. You know, we did the global SEO for Cisco, I think two years ago, Tencent, Samsung. So yeah, a lot of pretty pretty cool firms and a lot of mid-market and enterprise B2B software firms that are very large in their industries. They're just not household names. That's a large part of our portfolio is B2B software. But you know, they're they're large in their markets, but they're not necessarily household names. So Garrett, here's what sticks out to me is, you know, you mentioned, hey, look, I didn't go to a top-tier school. I couldn't get into the consulting businesses I wanted. All right, I get that. Right. That's fine. And I was working some janitorial jobs and I did some stuff on Fiverr and I got some clients and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, well, this guy's running an independent consultancy and he's, you know, starting to hire some people, the business is growing. And then you drop the bomb of, oh, by the way, when you search for SEO agency, we're fourth in Google. And I'm sure it's different for everybody, but like, Oh, by the way, you know, I was doing some janitorial stuff a couple of years ago. I'm a couple of years out of college and we're bringing on some pretty heavy hitters in in the technology industry. We're we're bringing on Cisco as a client. We have uh, some industry like there's something that does not connect about how you're positioning this story in the sense of I was, you know, scrubbing toilets and now I'm fourth in SE, you know, fourth in Google for SEO agencies. And I've got a team of something like 60 people running an independent consulting business. Help me connect the dots here. The, the, the headline here is I went from scrubbing toilets and working on Fiverr to 59 people work for me and I run an SEO consulting agency. It cannot be as simple as I read Moz. Like, give me the secret sauce here because you're clearly doing something that is working. Well, 
Um, <laughs> it kind of is that simple is the funniest part. And that's what's so hard about the search marketing game is it actually is that simple because our industry has done such an amazing job of publishing their thoughts and opinions online. And that's why I try to give back like this is the keys are out there. The, the real question is, can you inspire men and women to hold up your same values and deliver for the clients like you would? Can you manage a sales and marketing team? Like we have no funding. Like I started this thing with 20 bucks. So can you understand how finances work well enough to recognize how to maintain your gross profit while scaling and deliver quality? And so no, it really it actually is that simple for anyone out there. The question is, are you willing to do anything and everything the right way 100% of the time? From the conversations you have to men and women at your firm, that one day might screw you over, one day might to the client who wants to sue you for no reason. For all those tiny little moments, can you make the right decision and have wisdom? And if yeah, then it's really actually not impossibly hard. It's just that ability to self-regulate yourself and inspire others and hold others accountable by holding yourself accountable. Then you can build something really special. You know, there, there isn't any secret sauce other than showing up every day and busting your butt. It doesn't matter if you're cleaning toilets or anything else. Like You have to figure out how you can be the best at every little thing you do. Not just the things you care about, but the things that you don't care about. Can you get yourself to care enough to be better than everyone else at the things you hate? And once you get to that point in your life as a man or as a woman, as a leader, then you can do anything in the world that you want. It's, it's just a matter of you know, effort and diligence. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help. And you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So I appreciate the sense of being driven and needing to not just do the things that you feel comfortable or are specifically fascinated about, but doing the things that need to get done to be efficient. Let's talk about marketing because you're clearly delivering yeah. results to be able to scale. And you mentioned that you know, you're know you a search consultancy, so not just necessarily running a SEO business, but a combination of SEO and some other channels. Yeah. Talk to me about some of the ways that you've been able to provide value for your consulting practices. And what are some of the other things that people who are interested in running independent consulting businesses can do to be more effective? Yeah, I think... 
And by the way, just Ben, I think as a side note, the theory really does apply. Like I was shooting a hundred. Do you play golf at all, Ben? Badly. Okay. So I was shooting like 110 to 120 nine months ago and I just shot a 78. So like the principles that I'm talking about have nothing to do with search when it comes to growth and personal development. It's about attitude and consistency. The barrier to entry to success is so freaking low. It scares me. I only practiced 30 minutes a day for nine months straight, 30 minutes. And I was able to take, you know, 20, 30 strokes off my game. My point is, is a lot of us want to be the best at something, but don't spend 30 minutes a day reading on it. And that's just hypocrisy at its finest. And so my point is, is the barrier to entry to success is so low, it should startle you. And you really don't have to do that much to beat 99.9% of the population. I'll be honest, Garrett. Like I said, when we started this conversation, I was like, oh, where's this going to go? It seems like, you know, we're like, don't take this the wrong way. Like, you might not be a legitimate guest. I was worried that it was going to be like, oh, our clients are, uh, you know, small businesses that are restaurants that have closed up shop. And I was worried about relevance for the SEO community that's listening to this. And as it turns out, you are this incredibly driven, motivated entrepreneur who is simplifying what it takes to be successful down to just do some work, just read some stuff. Well, here's the thing with search though, because I want to make sure your audience Mm -hmm. has something here, Ben. And I think what you have to do to be successful in anything, figure out horribly simple things differently. You have to pick an enemy and you have to create a villain in whatever you do. And it doesn't have to be about the villain. But you have to figure out what's wrong in your industry that no one else is noticing and then figure out how to distill that in a really simple way. So here's what I've found in search and what no one's talking about and I'm obsessed with. And it's the concept of discoverability. See, what no one understands and always forgets is people come to you for SEO and PPC first and foremost to make their brands, I want to be crystal clear here, not, not their websites, their brands discoverable for the products and services they sell. So what I mean by that is historically, the reason our practice exists and why I get to be in search is because one day someone found out about Google and they were like, wait, how do I get my business to show up there? How do I get my products or services to show up there? It's a theory of discoverability. Now, what it came to along the way was hacks and tricks and us versus Google and all this BS that keeps you horribly unfocused and horribly unsuccessful. And so I kind of have pioneered this idea that I used to call share of SERP and now call discoverability because who cares about share of SERP? And a lot of people care about discoverability. And I've actually written the book on it. I'm trying to get it published right now. And I'm building software and tools around it. But it's a concept that when someone searches for the products and services you sell, you need to make your brand more discoverable. Now, the reason I say brand, and it's so important, is if you're sitting here right now, Ben, and you're on your computer, you can search the keyword top ERP software. Okay, this is important because... What you're going to find if you search that, and then you're going to find a bunch of third-party sites. This is what I call the Yelp and Amazon effect. What's happened is consumers who won't buy a breakfast burrito for $7.50 without looking it up on Yelp aren't going to buy an ERP software for $750,000 without looking it up online. Okay. Now, what that means is Google understands that. And so they're really pushing and promoting comparison shopping across the buying journey. Now, especially when the timing is most right. See, search marketing is one of the most timing-dependent marketing channels in the world. What I mean by that is you can only show up when someone's searching and you can decide the value of showing up based on the intent they have in the queries that they're putting for what they're looking for. In other words, if they modify their category of ERP software with top best for reviews, they're at the buying stage. 
when they search what is ERP software, they're at the discovery phase. Now, you want to be discoverable in both, but you can't weight them the same. Now, the problem is, there's a lot of SEOs and a lot of PPCs are out there thinking that the game's the same, but it's completely changed. And this is why they're experiencing diminishing marginal returns. See, what's happened is they're trying to drive leads based on the amount of times they show up for the volume of keywords, not the amount of times they show up for the right keywords. In other words, and they're only worried about their website, not their brand, okay? So what you have to understand is if you can show up on Captera, G2 Crowd, GetApp, Software Advice, and other sites that are at the bottom of the funnel for B2B software, you're making your brand 100% discoverable. And the way you know it's important, right, is because the number one result in Google has a 28 to 30% click-through rate, while the ads, regardless of position, hover between two and three on average. So let's say 100 people search top ERP software and your SAP. You have a world-class SDO team. You have all these things, but you're grinding on them because you're not showing up for this keyword. Now, the truth is, is your website won't ever show up on this keyword because it's not the best answer to the person's query. What is, is comparison shopping. And so you need to, as an SEO or as a PPC, put yourself on these third-party review sites because when you're looking at your Google Ads data and your search term report, you're finding that these people who click on your, 3%, your ad 3% of the time are converting. So why don't you just 10x your volume and take out an ad and be number one on the list for the number one spot? And you see, the theory of discoverability is that you need to make your brand more discoverable when it matters, not more discoverable when it doesn't. You see, most SEOs and PPCs, they look at the process of getting more traffic as getting more keywords instead of taking market share around the right keywords. And by reversing this logic and reallocating funding based on cost per deal, not cost per acquisition, in other words, doing search marketing on sales data, not marketing data, you can do a very good job with time. You can unlock explosive growth for companies that already have market share or brands. And that's kind of the key. And so that's what I'm talking about. So as it turns out, well, you're starting this interview off by talking about, well, I was doing some janitorial and some work on Fiverr and I, I had a restaurant client. It turns out you're world-class SEO and not just a world-class SEO, but understanding the customer mindset and what the customer journey is and being able to map that to whether SEO or performance marketing, PPC or social media are the right different channels. So the interesting thing to me, because this is a career day episode, is thinking about the growth for you going from, I wanted to learn a little bit about SEO, so I started reading some articles on Moz, to becoming an outstanding and capable marketer that is across multiple different channels related to search and visibility. Yep. So talk to me about what you've done to not only expand your mind, right? Obviously, there's a lot of hustle a lot of hard work and the right mindset. But what are some of the practical tips that you've had to go from, I'm hungry and I want to learn this to I am a world-class expert in marketing across multiple channels? Um, it all comes down to context, Ben. I think so many people are really good at SEO, but can't tie their shoes in life or in finance. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> or anything that matters. <laughs> SEO doesn't intrinsically in isolation matter. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything for anybody in isolation. When it's a really perfect fitting piece of a puzzle, it's magical. And so for me, I maybe spend 5% of my time reading on SEO and 95% of my time reading on leadership, finance, economics, marketing, business, and all the other pieces that allow me to actually communicate a strategy. You see, if you don't understand how gross profit works, how can you effectively pitch the most 
or the least expensive cost per acquisition channel in the market in SEO. You're actually missing out on the greatest reason why an in-house enterprise marketer needs to be funding this channel because it's the only one that experiences increasing marginal returns instead of decreasing marginal returns, right? So if you're doing PPC, every time a new competitor enters the marketplace, it drives up the auction price for your most successful terms. And you have to pay a toll every time you go through the toll booth. Exactly. Now, the problem is, is that at a certain point, that cost per click increases more than you're able to increase your conversion rate to counterbalance it or your ability to increase your price. So eventually, regardless of how successful you are from paid, you are going to experience diminishing marginal returns, especially as incumbents enter the marketplace and also drive down price. Nobody enters the marketplace and increases your price point. And so when you put all these pieces of just reality together, it helps you communicate a balanced strategy that grows someone's cash, not just their revenue. And understanding the difference between revenue and cash and why it all matters, that's really the key. And that's what makes the difference between a great marketer and a good marketer is understanding everything outside of marketing. Last question I have for you. You've gone from somebody who was hungry, willing to put in the work, but inexperienced to running an agency of or consultancy of 60 plus people in four different locations internationally in a very short period of time. For people that have high aspirations like yourself, what advice do you have for them to go from, I want to learn a little bit about SEO to eventually becoming a consultancy owner Mm -hmm. that they might not think about when they are at the beginning of their journey? Yeah. You got to figure out what you want in life and what what you want to be the best at. Because you see, if I just wanted money... I would just take my three big clients or four big clients and I would make more money than I ever dreamed of a month with two employees. Okay. No headaches, more money than I could ever spend and do that. But that's not what I'm truly passionate about. I'm really passionate about developing myself as a man and becoming a better leader and developing my character. And the best way to develop your character is to go through the fire. And the biggest fire is you can ever go trust me, occur, the bigger your organization gets, the more you're stretched as a man and as a leader. And so you have to ask yourself what you want to build based on your values. Like for us, we had to decide that we weren't going to service really small business anymore because we could do a really good job serving small business. Frankly, I think better than anyone else could serve the small business, but not as good as we could serve the small business. In other words, like there's no magic for time and there's no magic for cost. And so great people are expensive and great work takes time. Small accounts take about the same amount of time as mid-market accounts. It's not the same as enterprise. That's a lie. Um, people haven't done enterprise if they think that. Enterprise takes a lot more time than small business. But small business and mid-market are actually pretty much the same. The only difference is you make money on one and you don't the other. And the problem is it's not even about you making the money. It's the kind of company you want. See, if you want to have a brand, you can't do bad work for sustained amounts of time because the damages of current revenue are so big that they're going to drastically hinder any future revenue you can generate because the quality of your brand is dipping. And so if you want to become really successful in the agency space, you got to decide if you want to be big or you want to be small. And there's no problem being either. See, if you want to be big, you got to build it to be big and then decide if you want to have world-class deliverable or a world-class deliverable for a certain market. So I don't think there's anything wrong with giving a small business the best the small business can get. But don't lie to yourself or to them and say you're the best anyone could get because it's not true. And as long as that's what you're trying to build, that's great. Now, if you want to be a boutique firm 
and you want to just have more of a lifestyle and have a little bit more freedom and a little less headaches, then build that. But don't expect you can have the lifestyle, the freedom, and none of the headaches and be the biggest agency. So you just got to understand what it is that you're truly passionate about. And then don't get distracted when crap gets hard because it's what you asked for. Like, don't be upset if you want to be the biggest agency and all of a sudden, you know, you have all these headaches and you're stressed out. It's like, that's you want to be the biggest. What do you think? It's going to be easy. And if you want to be a boutique firm, don't keep trying to be the biggest if you're not willing to hire ahead, trust other people, allow them to do the work because you're never going to be it, right? So you just got to decide what it is you want. And as long as you stay fully committed to that and all the realities that go along with it, you can be hyper successful at anything you do. I think it's amazing advice. I think understanding the impact of the journey that you're heading down is 100% true. Thinking about whether you want to be an agency owner, an independent consultant, working in-house, something that we all struggle with. Yeah. Uh, I think that the thing that resonated the most with me is you saying that you know you want to build yourself and to be the best possible man that you can. And I'm going to bring this full circle. In my experience, the best way to do that is by having to show up every day and be a great parent. So again, let me just say congratulations on having a baby. I think your story is outstanding. It's amazing. The way that you've been able to be self-taught and develop a brand that has become a world-class marketing agency is inspiring to me. And I hope the other SEOs that are listening to this story learn from it as well. Congratulations and thanks for being our guest. Thanks, Ben. I got a baby to go home to and I'm so glad I could be on here and hope your audience has a great All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Garrett Maguth, the CEO at Directive. If you'd like to learn more about Garrett, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile on our show notes. You can send him a tweet at gmerguth, which is G-M-E-H-R-G-U-T-H, or you can visit his company's website, which is Directive Consulting. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have general marketing questions or if you'd like to talk about this podcast, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you'd like to join our webinar about the combination of SEO and SEM, go to searchmetrics.com slash webinar. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed next week. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this podcast and you're feeling generous, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple iTunes store or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Hold up. 